The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We are coming to you live here from Salem, New Hampshire, and we are going to talk about barking today. We um, know that barking is a big issue with dogs and while we're training dogs, so we want to give you guys some solutions. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. And the quirky tip of the day, um, if we're going to freak you out with talking about bark collars, then that's fine. We'll just have you leave now. Is <laughs> If you are going to choose to use a bark collar for barking, uh, we recommend this one. So my cigar holder is going to hold this. And I'm going to look it up on Amazon because I'm so passionate about this. So, I will let people know what it's called. Okay. It's called the Garmin Bark Limiter Deluxe. Deluxe, yes. And this is a rechargeable... $99, $99 a collar. A rechargeable um, collar, and it is $99.99 on Amazon Prime. So if you are going to use a bark collar, we recommend that one. That's- $99 to piece. <laughs> peace and <laughs> we're, quiet. We're big on that. We're going to talk about a few different solutions, but honestly, bark collars save lives. Of course. Yeah, I mean, there's that's a real common problem. My dogs are returned or they have to go to a shelter or whatever else. If you live in an apartment, and this happened to me, I got a little dog um, in high school, not a big deal. Um, Scott loves her. That was Bammer and all this stuff. So That was my heart dog and my spirit animal. It was. It was. He loves his Bammer. And I still am in therapy over it. I got her right before college and, you know, she's just running loose on this farm. She wasn't from a shelter. She was a rehome. Um, but I found out about her through a rescue and she's just running territorially barking, not listening to the people. The old people are like, Bailey, Bailey, come. Her name was Bailey at that point. And she was crazy. And I, she probably at that point, I should have been like, yeah, well, that Jeff dog said, oh, I have to have that looks a little much. Well, I'd already fallen in love with her based on pictures and everything else. Anyway, she lived at my childhood home for a bit in Illinois. Not a big deal. We had a lot of acreage. She was noisy. Who cares? When I lived in an apartment in college my junior year with my animals, I could not have Bammer barking all the time. I wouldn't have been allowed to rent my studio apartment. So she wore a bark collar on the road, you know, for shows and stuff because she was noisy, but she wore a bark collar there. And that's the first dog I personally put a bark collar on and I couldn't have kept her otherwise. She had a lot to say, that Bammer. So a bark collar will help you if you're having problems outside of your house or like if you're in an apartment and it's a noise issue and you're getting noise complaints, of course, this will help you. But behaviorally, that's another whole side to the bark collar that I wanted to get into as well. Okay. Well, let's talk about some other things that aren't bark collars and then we'll just hit heavy. Well, but we're talking about how to stop barking. That's the primary thing. And we have several different ways of doing that. And in the How to Calm Your Canine program, um, I don't even know if we recommend bark collars in the ebook. We may bring them up as the very last thing, but it's like visual blocking. That's a huge one. Like piece of cardboard. Yeah. A lot of times if the dog's just barking because of activity, you can put like a trifold piece of cardboard up. If they're barking out the window, you could put something so they can't see out the window of the car. Or like you always say with people that the dogs run and bark at the window, you can pull the shades or you can put like 
chloroplast on the bottom half, a visual barrier a lot of times is a huge help for barking. That along with a little music or some type of yes. noise diffusion so noise they don't diffusion, hear what's going on outside. That's a good one too. Yeah. So if you, you know, if it's every day the mailman comes, then blast <clears> your Spotify channel. You know, I always have like big blue going when we're listening to stuff on that's the a, that's iPad. A, a yeah, Bluetooth like a speaker. A speaker that gets louder. Blast, you know, your Spotify when you're cleaning in the middle of the day around the time the mailman comes. Maybe you won't get home, the reactivity. Yes, definitely if you're not home. Leave the music on so they don't hear so much. Uh, limiting space is always, I feel like that's all we ever talk yeah, about is limiting about a dog's it. movement. Not, but it's true. A dog is going to be less reactive in a crate. Well, let's not when talk about training so much. Uh, I, I'm just giving him some other tips yeah. besides bark collars. If you're um, away from the house and the mailman comes and he's going to knock on the door. The dog is probably going to be way less reactive in a back bedroom or in a crate in the mudroom or something than if the dog can now rush to the door and go back and forth and maybe work itself up for, you know, multiple minutes. So these are all different things to consider. One thing I was interested in... Can I just make a comment? has nothing to do with what method you use. But I have found that the act of barking prevents training. Because we can tell people, put your dog in the crate. They can't because the dog just barks and barks and barks. So they don't use the crate Mm -hmm. anymore. And they keep on trying to, they're not trying to accommodate the dog. They're just trying to keep the dog from barking. And they're doing all these things and giving the dog half the house and, you know, trying to just stop it. And it's similar with the territorial aggression too. If a dog barks every single time someone walks by with, you know, just a human or another dog or a stroller or... Garbage trucks. Dogs blow up at garbage trucks all the time. Dude, why do you think that is? They smell good, goddamn. I don't know what that, I don't know what it is about like the trucks. I mean, yes, obviously it causes fear sometimes and the air breaks. And the garbage man is a friend to all dogs. I, I guess. I don't know though, but like something like that. If something like that is stimulating your dog, you know, just continuously, like it's happening on a weekly basis or, you know, a daily basis Break or the whatever cycle. else. Yeah, because then all of a sudden after three years, people are like, oh my God. My dog bit the neighbor that reached over. Well, your dog's been a freaking jerk at the fence for, you know, God knows how long. So these things, they could be precursors to some more outward aggression or a bite or something else. So barking is good to just be able to squash. And Scott talks about this a lot before I get into the manners minor talk I talk here. too much, but what were we going to say? Um, Scott talks about this a lot in relation to um, what is happening with like barking and I want my dog to stop barking and oh, like I want my dog to still alert. Your dog isn't going to ever not bark, you know, and I think we've said that before. If the, if someone comes to the house, you're still going to get that territorial barking. And vice it, versa. If the dog doesn't bark when strangers come, yeah. you can't, they're not going to start because you want That's them to. That's just kind of built into who they are yeah. naturally as dogs. But you're not going to, we want you to be able to say, hey, that's enough, knock it off. You know what I mean? And a lot of people can't stop the cycle of the barking. So that's where like a bark collar would come into play or something like that. Did you have something to share? I just wanted to add, I recent, a client that I worked with recently sent me a text yesterday. And within her text was a quote, a line that I just thought was really awesome. She said, I didn't realize how stressed I was until I wasn't. She live, we live with a lot of chronic stress that we can resolve. We just don't understand. We don't even realize this pressure of the dogs frigging barking again. This is, you know, and it's just always there. But and when the you noise, take it away, you're like, 
It's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, that, that is true. And I, I just thought I, it was I thought, a nice quote. I was hoping he was going to share something from the client and not to the point where he's just scrolling while we're podcasting on his phone. But <laughs> I was actually I'm, on LiveLeak. I'm glad there was a tie in there. But it's true. <laughs> and like noise is stressful. And like my few girls who have worked for us like know and Scott knows like I have a zero tolerance <laughs> policy for freaking noise. And not only is that because of our own piece, but it's because of the piece of the animals. Like when we had our kennel, we would often have 30, 35 dogs there on Christmas morning. And I would walk in in the morning and everyone was calm and quiet. And as I rotated, everyone's not freaking out. One thing I would often do, especially uh, for dinner is in the middle of the day, I'd get all the bowls ready because obviously that's a trigger for dogs. And uh, no, every single dog that we always trained or had in, they most of the time don't have collars on. It's not like I'm relying on electronics to keep the peace, but you know, things like, okay, dinner will be a trigger. Everyone's hungry at six. I would have everybody's bowls all done right above their crates in very safe places where rodents couldn't get them. Our kennel was very clean and dinner would be ready. So rather than start getting into this cycle of like, okay, I have 25 bowls to fill and all the dogs are going to be excited. I would just walk into the dog room and one dog would eat and the next dog would eat and the next dog would eat. So think about setting that up too. And I have mentioned this um, at some point and we did have Susan Garrett on the podcast sometime last year, but she did this with her dogs with the doorbell ringing. So that would be a trigger to her dogs to bark. And of course, generationally, I'm going to tell them what happened. So generationally, if you have dogs that have barked when the doorbell rings, it's very hard to now train that out of dogs that are eight to 10 years old, but they're also going to train the new echelon of dogs to come through. Mm -hmm. So when her doorbell would ring her, she had it reconfigured. So her phone would ring. (laughs) So someone would go to ring her doorbell outside and then she'd get a phone call and then she could secure everything and everything else because that doorbell still would be a trigger. So try to think a bit outside the box. And that's why that ring system. I'm not sure. It was, it was years and years and years ago. I don't even think that existed anymore. Just for her house. But anyway, well, the, I, the only reason I, I said I was not sure why you were bringing her up is because I don't know that she's using garments on her dog. No, no, no. This has, sure. I'm just saying to think outside of the box, box as far as <laughs> think uh, outside of the bark. Yeah, but no, but think outside of the bark. I can't think outside of the box as far as barking goes. Okay, so one good one that I really want to talk about was the manners minder, and Scott configured this for me. And if you're not familiar with this tool, it's a remote um, feeding tool. So you turn it on. I think they're about 120 bucks or so. So I turned it on. This is battery operated. Pour your kibble in the top. I just got this going yesterday because I'm trying to condition the puppy to that. So it has a remote. So I can click dispense and then this thing rolls and kibble falls into the bottom, right? So this is like a pretty, I don't know if you can see that if you're watching, but kibble is coming out and it's falling into the bottom and now there's kibble here in this tray. So what Scott did for me, which I loved, was he took this bottom piece off. So do that now so we can show them that it can come off and we can't break it. it's not a big deal, but Yeah, so he took this off and then he would put tubing from this system. Either we would drill like a circular hole into a very kennel and it would drop from the top or with the rough tufts, we could configure it so it went around. So now when the dogs were being good or like his dog Jimmy would just would reactively bark when I would rotate, like that would be exciting. So as I would start rotating... I would start hitting the manners minder. And literally, we have two of these. At one point, multiple dogs had multiple manners minders. The problem was the frequency of the remotes. I would hit one and everybody would get a cookie. But I loved that method. And it it does work out great. And yes, you need to make sure you turn the battery off at night and you actually have the remote and everything else. But it's a great way to, one, reinforce the dog without having to
having to go back to the dog if the dog was quiet. So I would do that all the time. Jimmy, quiet, no barking. And then I could reward him for that. Or like if you just have a dog, a lot of the mouths and stuff just get reactive and crazy and everything else spinning. You're just preemptively like, okay, just eat while this happens just to tone down that reactivity. Can I mention the downside to that methodology? Well, are you going to mention my dog now? No, no. I was going to say you have to be careful that you don't wind up just rewarding barking That's with the true. damn machine. That's true. Which and is a problem that we see in, in a lot of other methodologies. And my dog did, Vital, she did have that set up with the manners minder and the hose and everything else. She on the hose. <laughs> yeah, what geez. she would do then is she's like, all right, I'll be quiet, bitch. But then she'd be like, hey, little tube, I'm hungry. So she'd just look she'd to bark, the little hole. She's like, She'd be Whoop! barking <laughs> to demand the, the kibble. Oh, my God. So, that dog has uh, given me a run for my money in so many ways. If you're not a dog trainer... <laughs> Then maybe don't do the maybe don't do the manners minor. I wouldn't get involved in something that requires you to participate in the dog getting quiet. You want this is autonomous from you. It has nothing to do with you. But we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, we're going to talk about bark collars pretty much the whole second half because outside of our little fluffy stuff that we've shared with you, this is our end all, be all, go to for barking. So we're going to talk about it after break. Does your dog seem anxious? Would you like your dog to relax? Do you want to feel more in control? Would you like your dog to cooperate? HowToCalmYourCanine.com That's HowToCalmYourCanine.com So we came up with this topic, actually, because we had this as one of our questions of the day, and we've been doing so many interviews lately that our questions of the day have slipped. But if you do have a question of the day for us, you can always email us at studio at thecorkydog.com, and if and when we're able to, we will address that question live on the podcast. So this came from Jerry from North Carolina, and his question was, my dog barks all day, every day. What should I do about it? So we came up with a Bark Color podcast, and we thought that would be a good way to go, or a no barking whatever podcast. So explain your history with bark collars because you know way more about this and we were talking about the big boxes and everything. Yeah, I I bought a bark collar from Dogtra, you know, probably 1999, something like that. And it was about as, it was big. It was like this thing. Huge, yeah. It was like this thing on on the front of the dog. So if you had a small dog, it wasn't going to be an option. But I I was um, training working dogs and competing in dog sports, strong dogs that have a lot of character that will challenge everything to see if you really are worthy of owning them kind of thing. And I just went, you know, I just got advice from people in my club and boom. And I just did it because we couldn't have barking. Now, at the same time, my tolerance for barking was, was way greater. higher than hers. I much mean, greater. I, if dogs would bark, I'd say quiet. They'd, they'd keep barking. I'd be doing something else. But I lived in a situation where I didn't have problems from outside the house. But I was living with a certain amount of stress within the house that, again, I didn't realize was there. Anytime there's noise, and here's the other thing about stress. If your dog is barking uncontrollably, they are getting more and more upset, unstable, and fucked up, to, to be blunt. The faster you stop the barking, the faster the dog can calm down. So you want to catch it in the beginning because the barking can turn into throwing up, yeah. it can turn into crazy upset behavior. Overheating if the dog yeah. is just in the car and it's like a spring day. If it's yeah, barking drooling. for an hour, it's going to be getting a lot more worked up. And you'll get a lot of pushback as far as like, oh, electronics, you know, can scar dogs emotionally and everything Who's else. And back? I would, a lot of people will b- bring up articles and everything else, how there's issues with mm. electronics and fallout there. But my point with that is I would love to 
measure the cortisol level of a dog in a crate that has been barking its head off every time it's in a crate, the moment it gets in the crate for at least 10 minutes versus a dog that was corrected, maybe on a bark collar, and now is laying in the crate 10 quiet. minutes later, sleeping. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. And the thing about the bark collar that is kind of nice is that the reason we like this one, and I really want to highlight this one because it is important to me, the technology of bark collars really matters. So mm. this specific collar has a one to seven level. So you can go wherever you want. And depending on the dog, I may normally have it on three just to see. Well, let me, could I just interrupt real quick? Yeah, whatever you you're want. You're not going to go wherever you want with the damn numbers. You're going to start low and you're going to find the number that works for your dog. There's no need to, to start at the top. No, no, not at all. But sometimes one may not, you know, affect the dog or anything else. So I like to start on three. Now there is a rare instance where there's a dog that's more high strung and they will actually set the bark collar off themselves. So now they're barking, the collar corrects them because this one goes off on the vibration of the dog's neck. So this is not about like another dog barked and then this thing can go off because it hears the frequency. This is coming from the vibration of the dog's neck. So uh, if it corrects the dog and then the dog was barking, 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 bark collar corrects the dog, the dog might go, eh! Sometimes then that may have the dog get corrected again. And then you get this cycle of all of a sudden the dog spinning out with the bark collar and the stress is going up. That has maybe happened, I would say, five times in the past 10 years that I've known Scott. I can name the dogs and one of them was his Mal that we owned. If you're going to do that, if that's an issue and that's happening, then you can always teach the communication of the bark collar through the e-collar, if that makes sense. But or, don't let the dog be hanging out there and have it freaking like having a mess of a time for 10 minutes. You need to make sure that they can deal with this tool. And I would uh, add to that, that even though three seems to be the magic number for most dogs that we work with, I would start on one and let the dog bark and tolerate it for, you know, a day. And then turn it up because at least they're starting to understand that their barking is creating this little stimulation. The stimulation they're getting on level one isn't going to cause them to get more reactive. They barely can feel it, but they're realizing there's a connection between the barking and this tapping on their neck. And then uh, it'll be easier for them to understand when you do turn it up. Yeah. So I really like the concept of having the higher technology. They used to have batteries. Remember how often we'd have to take the casing out and change the batteries and order them? Yeah, I hated them. You loved them. Well, now, well, I don't like the thought of having to charge things. But now what they do is this specific collar, it comes in like a bunch of different... it comes with a bunch of different things that you need to plug in and deal with, but it has this charging cable on there. It's not that complicated, and, oh, trust me. It's Scott's pretty never simple. once done it since we've gotten one, but maybe we'll do that on the podcast live. But it comes with a few different tools. Oh, you I just have to put up? you have to put this charger together all on your own. You have to figure out how the pieces go together, and then you plug this in as soon as you get it. That's really important. It will not come to you charged. Once it's charged, it will be green on the outside from charging. You take this off, and then sometimes people are moving the numbers around, and it's not actually vibrating in someone's hand. Like as you're going up with the numbers, you should actually feel a vibration. If for some reason that's the case, and this can happen if the bark collar is way too stagnant too, like if it's just been sitting for a while, there's a little V that is an option too. So you just go back to the V, you'll get the vibration. And then as I'm turning the collar up or wherever I'm placing the collar, whatever number, I'm feeling a vibration every time. So I know, okay, I went from one to two, I went down from six to five, whatever else. So I really like that aspect of it because I'm really clear. When you put the collar on, it's 
going to be on the dog's neck. It's going to be tight enough that, you know, the contact points are actually touching the neck. If it's just hanging there like a necklace, nothing is going to happen. Um, we always say like, if you put two fingers through the collar, once it's on the neck, you know, you should be able to comfortably slide two fingers through, but you don't want to twirl it around the dog's neck. And it is going to be placed on the vocal cords. If uh, your dog is really excited about eating and they eat in the crate, maybe take it off for eating or wherever you're using this tool. But this is the go-to tool in the crate. Right now, um, your Mal has a bark collar on at home. I think that's the only dog wearing a bark collar. But I'm into bark collars. I don't want a lot of barking. I don't want a lot of stress. If somebody knocks on the door, I have music on and everything else too, but I want to squash that barking. And depending on how you squash barking, especially barking in a crate, I've done a lot of stuff where the dog barks and I cover the dog and then I give the dog more freedom and then you know I'll reward the dog for being quiet. And all of those methods can certainly work, but it's a lot of legwork to put in and everything else. Uh, some people go in and they want to be more personal, you know, no, be quiet and hit the crate. That can cause some relationship fallout with dogs. And like Scott was saying, this is pretty non-personal. Like this is happening. <clears throat> it has nothing to do yeah. with you. Like if his dog barked right now because the some truck or something drove by and he thought somebody was home, that has nothing to do with us. That's just between him and the collar. And if he barked, the collar might go off and then he'll just lay there quietly. It's so, between him and his lack of self-control. Yeah. That's what it's about. <laughs> but could I mention a couple other products before we... Yeah. Uh, this is certainly what we would recommend to just get it out of the way to stop the barking. If you are concerned about just stopping barking, this is the way you want to go. Uh, I, over the years, have purchased all the other stuff. I had a, a big square box that oh, sent yeah. out a sonic sound if they barked and some dogs that does work for if they're sensitive enough um i found that it worked for a dog i wasn't thinking about that barked but the dog that was the barker didn't get didn't care and that was like a 60 dollar item and then of course i haven't used the citronella but they have citronella collars that you bark and it sprays the citronella gives them a fog and they don't like it it's supposedly an aversive and i have found i have heard from several clients that the dogs will bark and turn their head so it sprays over here. The dog knows exactly how many sprays are going to come out of that damn collar. And then they bark the whole rest of the day because now the collar is yep. empty. So that's not... They're kind the, of outsmarting the systems. And yeah. then the reason that we're so passionate about this... And they we're cost saying, the same as this. It's like 100 bucks yeah. for a citronella collar. And, and you got to keep refilling it and buying the, the uh, citronella to fill it up, you know? And when this changed from being like a rechargeable that you could plug in on the wall versus the battery that we were talking about, they also came up with a new age one. And I honestly don't even know what this is called. I just found the box of it. But was it a Garmin that came with an app? And then like it was supposed to be more slender fitting and there's no metal on here. They're just like plastic when contact points. When you said points. new age, I thought it had crystals in it or something. <laughs> I Maybe those would work for barking. We haven't tried crystals with barking. But uh, we put this on Jimmy, who has worn a bark collar before and is very knows that, okay, I have a bark collar on. I need to shut up. An app on your Yeah, phone. it comes with an app. The first day the dog already barked 52 times. So that's why I'm saying to you, like, all right, if you're going to use a bark collar, don't skimp on the price because uh, the technology in electronics is a huge deal, you guys. Like well, when Petco discontinued all the e-collars, they were very low-end e-collars, and that's a good thing. Technology, when you're spending money for electronics, that is because you do pay for good technology. I just want to mention that this is also a Garmin product. It's higher tech with an app. We're not techy enough. 
to work with this collar. But There's too much shit going on. Just Jimmy, too many options. This Jimmy is, was able to bark 52 times in it, and I know because it was working. We weren't, <laughs> so. I, I wasn't able to pre-program. And the whole thing has to be programmed through the app, where this one, you just turn a dial. It's more old school, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, barking really is stressful. I mean, yes, if dogs are excited when someone gets home, they're maybe barking and everything else. But if dogs are barking out the window because they're either excited or they're fearful or they're just bored or whatever it is, that's not a anxious. great state. Anxious. Good one. That's not a great state for the dog to be in. If they're barking while you're driving, we just had a rescue pit bull that's in. That first thing he does when he gets in the car, woof, 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 just the whole ride home. Like, that's not pleasant. Well, And then you're supposed to be behind the wheel now and thinking about driving, and you're like, oh, my God, this dog's driving me nuts. Like, you know, it's not a good headspace for anyone to be in. I cannot think of where barking would be productive unless in protection sports when you turn it on and off. I really can't think of no, it- a reason that it could be productive. And everyone will say, or a lot of people will say, oh, if you want to stop teaching barking, teach your dog to bark. And that's great. I teach my dogs to bark. That's barking assuming is great. you actually want to start doing some training. Yes. And-, yeah, but, and you actually do then need to be able to say, okay, be quiet. And maybe dogs can bark for a trick, but that doesn't mean if somebody's knocking on the door or you know your in-laws are coming over for dinner, that the barking is going to stop if a dog's created upstairs. And I will add that these collars do give the dog a couple of free barks. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I hear about people with their nuisance barking, and I recommend this, is they, well, I want the dog to bark if a stranger's coming, and I don't want, yeah. you know, I want to be... And they'll be able to. They're still going to bark. And this the, is not going to stop thing about barking this tool completely. Is gonna... Dogs could be very collar-wise. This doesn't then mean that, oh, it's going to translate to when a dog isn't wearing a collar, depending on if you're actually doing any training there. I mean, Bammer, my little dog, by the end of her life, we could just put a collar on her tight, and she did go deaf. That helped with a lot of the reactive yeah. barking because yeah. she couldn't hear us get home, oh, so that, that helped. brings me to another option that neither one of us really even would consider that I think is inhumane is to have the dog debark. Yes, at that's the vet. something that did happen frequently. Because now they frequently. sound like a seal. Yes. Instead of barking, they go, yes. and that's, a, that's a surgery. <laughs> you do a pretty good seal. That's a surgery, which is general and everything else. And I think that's still allowed. I don't know. But that was a more common thing back then. But you still have noise. And the worst part of that for me is the dog still has stress because the dog is still rehearsing all the same behaviors, it sounds different. You may not get kicked out of your apartment, but that doesn't mean that the dog is calm and in a state of mind that it can process and it can make you know, That's like good decisions do- and everything else. If your dog else. runs away from the house, have his legs cut off. <laughs> you're not going to have the running anymore. <laughs> but you're going to have some other fallout happen. So if you have barking issues um, and you haven't tried any of these methods before or you're looking for some methods, we would highly recommend to get on top of your barking. I want my dogs to run outside with toys and bark and have fun and everything else, but I want them to be able to shut up if I want to watch TV or if you know Scott gets home from work and I'm on a phone call. Do you know how frequently Scott is talking to a potential client at our house and I'm moving dogs around? We can't have dogs freaking barking and going crazy. We are dog trainers. If we can't do it, who can do it? So, and I, I would add that also, I, we typically don't have bark collars on our dogs when we're home. But when we leave, and we and even with maybe, that said, right now, one dog yeah, there has. If bark Amazon collar. comes to the house and knocks on the door because they don't want to leave a package on the steps, one dog barking can get all dogs barking. Yes. And. And with that said, Enya's playing in one room, Bob Marley's playing in the other room, I have classical music on somewhere. So really, it's like a huge, crazy concert when you get back to our house. But I want to keep the calm, because the calm is important, not only for the humans, but also for the dogs. And just like Scott said, and the client said to us the other day, you don't know how stressed you are until you don't have to deal with it anymore, and it's just like this breath of fresh air. So Hmm. get on top of your barking. It was like that when I lost my last three dogs. 
I'm just joking. Oh I did have one dog that had a lot of aggression issues, and I didn't realize how much stress I had in thinking he took up space in my head 24 hours a day. If I wasn't with him, who's handling the dog, all that kind of stuff. And I did that for a few years. And then when I eventually sold that dog, uh, I just couldn't. Then I realized, oh, wow, I don't have to think about yeah. that dog. 24-7 headspace is a lot. And that's yeah. more headspace than most people have on their dogs. I thought when we were talking about breaths of fresh air, he was going to talk about when we met. But that's okay. All right, guys. Next week, we have a super special like guest on. I'd like to put on. a bark collar on this one half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'd be better debarked since I'm so loud. Uh, we're going to have somebody on talking about the Iditarod. She actually works on Iditarod dogs. I'm super excited about that interview. Have a great week. Uh, keep it quirky. And we will see you next Wednesday. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.